0: You're listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tanil. Tanil, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you.
1: Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spend every hard earned dollar skiing.
0: They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go.
1: We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Brie Walker is Australia's Olympian bobsled and mono bob athlete. We chat to her during Feb 2022 from her Beijing Olympic Village base, prior to her placing fifth in the world in the mono bob winter event. Hey Brie, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Great. Yeah. Over here in um in sunny Sydney, how is how are things in Beijing?
0: I mean it's sunny, but it's very it's uh quite chilly here and um yeah we've had to really rug up here because it's been definitely, definitely quite cold.
1: Uh, awesome. We I thought we'd start with talking, jump straight into the Bobsled course and the objective of the whole race. Um, mm-hmm. So, tell us about the actual course. What's the length of the course, and what's the objective of? Well, both your disciplines. Yeah. So one, so one bob
2: monobob, and then the other one. Yeah. Is there much difference in what you're racing yes. in the Olympic? Okay, great.
0: Thank yeah, you. yeah. So, <laughs> well, let's start with the let's start with the track. This track is um, about sixteen hundred meters long, so it's quite a long track for us. We slide over a minute, which we don't do on many tracks um so that makes it very interesting it means that if you if you make mistakes they kind of follow you all the way down the track uh we haven't had a lot of runs on this track uh we came here in October where we got uh, you know on average about 30 runs uh so that's also very different in the tracks that we side on in Europe we often get um many training runs prior to racing and then we would go off and race but that's going to be very different here so again, consistency is probably going to be key here. Uh, The person who is the most consistent is probably going to be um, the ones who are most successful. So yeah, that's uh, what I'm going to be working on over the next few days. But I really love the track. Uh, It has a really awesome flow to it when uh, when you get going. Uh, It gets really fast about Uh, 130 kilometers an hour and yeah it's it's been a really great experience this is my first olympics and the first time learning a new track where my coaches haven't had much experience on it so it's been a big learning curve for me to um communicate with them how i'm going on the track and then they kind of have to put their knowledge uh to use and that uh, we have to kind of it's like figuring out a puzzle like uh, figuring yeah. out how to drive this track as fast as possible so it's been a great experience and yeah i'm going to be competing in the monobob uh next week or sunday and monday coming and then the following week i'll be competing in the two man with my brakeman kiara um, yeah and the events are quite different the sleds drive differently uh, the monobob is a little bit more like a car that doesn't have power steering you really have to steer it all the way um, and then the two-man is yeah a little bit more flowier it's like a really fast sports car um, and it just kind of sometimes it goes where you want it to go if you put it in the right place I guess Um <laughs> So, yeah, but both events, I really enjoy both events. I enjoy the monobob. I love pushing um, from the back. So monobob, I'm the only one that is pushing the sled and I push it from the back. Uh, and that's really fun because I haven't really like I dabbled in being a brakeman when I first began the sport. So I haven't really pushed from the back of the sled all that much. But I've really enjoyed uh, doing that since Monobob has been um, a part of the circuit. Uh, but you, two men, hey, i I sorry. sorry. It's his Olympic debut,
2: isn't it? The Monobob.
0: Yes, yeah, it's really exciting. It's monobob has been such a great addition to uh, the bobsleigh program because it's just growing the field so much. There's been so many new additions, new countries that have come out uh, to the sport that there's been lots of countries that have come back to the sport and our fields were dwindling away to like 13 sleds in a world cup field and then when monobob came back in it like increased to over 20 sleds and that's just amazing so it's just helped the sport grow so much and yeah and of course like two man has been been around for um years and years and i just love the camaraderie and like the teamwork that you have in the two men and when you hit a really good run and you see how fast you've pushed and you get to come down
1: and celebrate with your teammate that's just the best feeling yeah how high up do do the sides go on the on the actual course or the track and what what's the track made of
0: uh well the track is made of concrete on the outside so it's art it's an artificial track and then they lay ice on it so they'll just uh they there's a freezer system that runs through the concrete and then they just spray water on it and then that builds up into ice eventually um but the corners can vary in height there's some corners that yeah it could be you know high as a one two stories high and then there's um, some corners that are quite small and they're all shaped differently and they're all different lengths and so you have to drive them differently and then that's what we have to do when we arrive at the track we have to analyze the ice and then um, figure out how we want to navigate through that corner so we can be as fast as possible
2: so are you communicating with your coach through earphones or and your brake woman Earphones?
0: No, no, no. 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 We, no, we always think that would be really cool if we could have like head, like uh, earphones in with a microphone and communicate. But I think it would just be distracting for me. Um, So once I like uh, go through the run, there'll be people videoing how I've driven through the corner, and then there often is um, a feed that can video my whole run. And we'll just come back up to the top and we'll just analyse how um, I've driven and then we'll look at the time and we see, okay, well, if it was fast, then we keep it the same. If it was uh, not so fast in certain areas, we need to
1: change a few things so we can be faster. Um, But yeah, So, uh, so, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is did you have years and years as an Aussie kid just going on heaps of water slides, going up at the sides? Did that really come into play? Like I am no, actually, really. I'm actually quite serious.
0: No, not really. But I'm actually like I I love like going on roller coasters and like water slides and all that kind of stuff. I I think I was a, a little bit of a daredevil as a kid, um, and uh, and so I think that kind of played into the like the fact that I did love this sport originally when I when I transitioned into it
2: yeah so tell us about the equipment that you're in so it's kind of f1 technology is it uh, it, they use the the bobsled itself is it what's it made of
0: so it's made of um just made of steel and um 130ks in a
2: steel sorry
0: i'm like what yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. it's a metal it's just a metal frame that has a fiberglass um cowling we call it so they're out, out um Outer part of the Bob is called a cowling. And, um, it really, the technology is nowhere near as advanced as what uh, it is in Formula 1. It's really just uh, like a go-kart system, so it's like a pulley system back and forth, and honestly, like, I don't know yeah. the details. That's what I leave. I leave the technology all up to my coach. He's he's the expert in it, um, and I'm sure it's much more advanced than what, uh, what I'm <laughs> saying it is. But really just like so people understand it's just like a pulley system where I'm driving back and forth forth like a go-kart and then the runners which are the blades that we uh we slide on the front runners are uh, twist side to side and then the back runners just follow where the front runners go
1: you have to take a photo of inside of like what you're talking about that'd be quite cool to see the interior of it because it's
0: yeah yeah i have done that a few times on my instagram just so people can see um and like it blows people's minds that it's it's kind of basic compared, <laughs> like you know, compared to Formula One or something like this.
2: And yeah. the sleds all the same for every single team. Like, is there any advantage if you got more money? <laughs> Let's yes, say,
0: yes, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, in really? the two man, in the two man, there's no. Um, like no real restrictions on um sleds so the germans have a like really advanced program with a lot of money and so they obviously have the very expensive sleds that have Mm. had a lot of work that's put into them and um they they go very fast and then the rest of the field are driving similar kind of sleds which are also very fast Um, uh, but then in monobob the great thing about monobob is that all the equipment is standardized so we're all driving in the same kind of sled uh, which has obviously allowed small nations like, my, like myself uh, to be successful in monobob because we don't have any disadvantages when it comes to equipment. It's
2: just your pure skill then. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Well done to yeah. you.
2: You've, you've had like four World Series podiums and one gold in the Europa Cup just recently. been
0: For only getting into the sport 2018, was it, that you got into the sport? Oh, no, I got into the sport in 2016, but it was really like that first season, we just kind of dabbled in the sport. It was more just like a come and try kind of year. Uh, I think we were on the ice for a total of about a month yeah. um, and, and just kind of getting a feel for whether you like the sport or not. And then the following year um, was the Olympic year. And then that's when I was selected as a pilot. And then we, um, we went forth and we raced a full North American Cup and then the Europa Cup season. Um, and yeah, because our aim was to qualify for the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so, did you? You didn't go to the Pyeongchang? No. 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 We oh. actually we quali- we qualified and we had a quota position there, um, yeah. but unfortunately, our federation didn't nominate us to the Australian Olympic Committee uh, because, yeah, for various reasons. But um, so we didn't get to go. But I actually went as a spectator there and um that was a really great experience I got to I actually got to watch bobsleigh which was very nice often as an athlete you don't really get to watch too much of your sport because you're always doing it um so I got to watch and then I also just like observed things from the outside looking in like how the athletes were and um what you know what I would hopefully have to expect uh for these Olympics so yeah, and then I, I went home and I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to do this this time. What do I need to do to make that happen? And I guess, yeah, the rest is history. So, so you,
1: you transitioned out of athletics, is that right? After yes, an injury.
0: Yeah I, was, yeah, I was a 400 meter hurdler, and I, I went like I've said that I had ingri- injuries. I was just more that I had a few niggles here and there. Like it was just like some hanging on injuries that you get from like the constant impact of training um and yeah I I really just like had to and I just was building myself back up um to where I was before I left for America because I went to America on a full scholarship and then I came back and I was I was quite unfit and um and had a few niggles and it had a lot of work to do to get back up um to competing at state at national level and so I Was doing that, and then the the Rio Olympics was on, and I just like had to ask myself the hard question: was that was I going to be successful and be able to compete internationally for Australia in 400 meter hurdles? And yeah, the hard answer was no. And I was, um, and I think that was the best question that I've ever asked myself because it, um, and I answered it very honestly, and it's changed the course of my life, and. Um, so then, yeah, simply I just Googled whether we had an Australian bobsleigh team and because uh, bobsleigh had always been something that I thought I'd do after my 400 metre career. And um, so, yeah, I thought, well, while I was still young and I still had a lot more to give, why not transition into it now? And, yeah, it's Definitely. been the best decision I've ever made.
2: Thank God Google gave you the right answer then. <laughs> and look at you now.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> so what's it doesn't happen often on Google? No. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's <Dr>. to Google. <laughs> okay, I okay, you spelled it correctly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who, who knows where I could have ended
1: up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, Bob's mowing or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> So um yeah, back to the back to the track. Did um what is the temperature of the track? Like I mean, you were saying that they spray it and it freezes, but do they have to is there a standardized like temperature or Yeah,
0: it can it can vary depending on the temperature um outside. Uh, but it obviously has to be freezing or else the ice will fall off the um fall off the wall but then if it also gets too cold then the ice can fall off the wall um oh. so yeah they have to they have to find this happy medium uh it, yeah it can vary like let's vary between like 0 to like -7 or something like this um, but obviously like the harder the ice, like the colder it is, the harder the ice, uh, which makes the track really fast. So that's what we want. We want the harder oh ice so we can go really fast. The warmer it is outside, the the colder, uh, the more warm, I guess the ice is, and, uh, and then, yeah, the slower we are.
2: Does it melt through the qualifications or no? They've just got it consistently, the perfect temperature through their technology
0: I the- think in, like for example in temperatures like we have here in beijing i don't think the track will melt but what happens is the more sleds go, that go over the ice the worse the ice quality gets and so then it, the ice becomes very bumpy and and bumpy bumps create fric- friction which makes it slow so, so probably, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. how I, I guess the ice can vary so the less activate, happens, the better because it would chunk yes. it out the ice yeah sorry what what
2: did you say so does it obviously it chunks the ice out like it takes chunks out of the ice if there's accidents on the track that you're on oh
0: yes yeah yeah you yeah, yeah. Yeah. don't want it you don't want any crashes or accidents because then that yeah that definitely um causes big chunks on uh in the ice but just simply through driving creates friction and then that can create dints in the ice um, and so obviously if everybody is do- doing the same thing and driving in the same spot, you're going to create bigger dints, which go- is going to create a bigger bump. Um, and then, yeah, you, you, that just makes you slower. So, yeah, but they're doing a great job here. The ice quality is really good. Um, and most trucks do a really good job.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at a picture of your bobsled, the black black one with the blue kangaroo. It looks like a bullet. Actually, yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And how did, does that get traveled around the world in the cargo? Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: well, we haven't done too much traveling um, internationally other than in Europe. Um, the only place that I've traveled overseas with my bobsled uh, is China. Um, so, at the beginning of the season, we came here in October. Um, And I shipped both of my sleds over and then they were both shipped back to Europe. And then how we travel around Europe is um, actually in a transport van and we Mm -hmm. just pop both sleds in the transport van and then just travel from track to track. And, yeah, we've got all tracks all over Europe. We've got uh, three tracks in Germany. We've got one in Austria, one in Switzerland, one in Latvia, another one in France um and so yeah they're they're all over the place and um and it makes so it makes for really long car trips um but that's that's part of the sport
1: are they very heavy i mean like what do they weigh
0: yeah yeah a sled um minimum weight for a sled is 170 kilos and um sometimes we have to add weight to it so and that's also including my monobob so I have to push that 170 kilos said by myself and in the two-man I obviously have a helping hand with my brakeman.
2: Yeah wow so how do you train for 170 kilos I mean hurdling would have been a good start I would imagine but yes yeah so what's your training rate then?
0: Herdly, uh, track and field was a very good start and there's often a lot of track and field athletes that transition over from um, track and field to bobsleigh. Uh, But, yeah, my training regime consists of a lot of heavy sled pulls. Uh, I do, yeah, sometimes we're pulling like even closer like to like my body weight, Um, so uh, over 70 kilos. Um, And then we do prowler pushes. So often I'll throw that again on my Instagram. And uh and that I think we're pushing closer to a hundred kilos there. Um and they're they're ridiculously heavy power, prowler pushes. Um and then do that at 30 kilos. kilos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It burns your legs at 30 kilos. Imagine doing a hundred.
1: <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah incredible.
0: Um, and so then and then we do a lot of weight lifting, um, Olympic weightlifting, and then uh but I guess Bob like specific weightlifting, like um, activating and using the muscles that we need to push fast. Um, a lot of fast sprinting because you can be ridiculously uh, strong, but if you're not fast, then it's useless. Um, mm. And, yeah, so a lot of explosive work and 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 everything like that. And then also, like, hence why I've kind of based myself in Germany. I don't know if I've said that already, but I, I've been living no. in Germany for the last two years um, and we do a lot of push training on the push tracks they have there, which is, uh, I guess, a start simulation track and uh, um, you it's like mm, maybe close to 100 metres and it just it allows us to like go down the push start and then it comes up a small hill and then we just like wheel the uh, like it's just like a push trolley back up to the top and we can do that again and again and again instead of having to wait to the winter where we can actually push um, on ice.
2: Wow, it's such a shame that Australia can't. Do you think Australia will have that in the future? Like with now that we're getting a little bit more advanced with our water jumps in Brisbane and yeah. Kind of hopefully, yeah. I mean,
0: our really. our, the, our winter <laughs> programs have had uh, so much uh, great facilities being built. There's the the winter uh, the the ski jump ramps that are in Brisbane, and then there's also um, a like a uh, I don't actually know what you would call them, but, like, jumps with, like, big cushions landing in uh, in Jindabyne for the, I guess, yeah. the big air events and and snowboarding uh, ski cu- events. Uh,
1: cushion. A large cushion or jumping cushion, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know the actual technical word for it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a big cushion. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it could be very doable for Australia because
2: we, we don't have the big hills to get great at downhill. You know, so yes. these, seem, these seem like great things. That, and Australians are great in athletics, so and we're deter- yeah. you are a, a determined bunch, which is what you know. I love your attitude that you've come from the hurdling and then gone right. That didn't work for me. Like, well, not as you, you asked yourself real questions, and then you went right. I'm going to yeah. do something else, and you changed your plan completely. So, mm-hmm. was it an easy transfer? Did you get accepted straight away? I mean. Did did they go, yep, okay, come on. Have you seen, did you, had you seen snow before also? Sorry, there's a
0: lot of of questions. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I had seen snow before and I actually really enjoyed, um, I like it's not like I went up to the ski hills every year and and skied and snowed growing up, like I didn't do that. But I'd been um, on a few snowboarding trips and I really enjoyed the snow. I really enjoyed the vibe Um, and so I, that's why I guess winter sports was something that I was like, yeah, I think I could get around that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel I feel like maybe it's something that uh, Australia would consider as making a push track. Um, and I think then if there was a push track, then it would allow. Um, to track and field athletes like myself to at least come and try whether they like pushing. Um, mm-hmm. You can't obviously try the sport in Australia, but you can. we could also um, analyse whether that athlete would be a good athlete. The only way that I can analyse um, whether uh, a person coming into my team is a good athlete is when they come all the way over to Europe and then we get actually behind a sled and push together. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be good to be able to do that talent identification um, on the ground in Australia. Uh, but, yes, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Oh,
1: step, step, step number one has got to be how many water slides have you been on? Step number two, are you a member of F45 and are able to do that thing in the middle? You know what you call it, um, Tenille? You do that cradle in the middle. It's like the bobsled, isn't it? Pushing. Oh, the pushing, yeah, the prowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> eliminate both those things,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so step one and um, two
1: done. Yeah. I was just watching your um, crash in um, Lat- Latvia and mm-hmm. like what you were saying like really early on in the interview that when it's such a long course that if you m- make a mistake you've got to, I can't remember your wording, like you basically got to live with whatever you did and that looks like a really hardcore crash. So if if you go over on one side, I mean, talk us through what you can do. Like it looks like you tuck inside and somehow can do you hold on or how yeah. do you stop?
0: I mean, in a crash, if you crash.
1: Then you just have
0: to take it. You know, you just, yeah, you can't. I tuck my head in, my brakeman will tuck her head in. Um, and then we just have to hold on until uh, the sled slows down and the track workers can come and actually grab our sled and stop us. Uh, sometimes the sleds will flip back up. So, like if you crash in monobob, so because there's nobody in the back kind of weighing the side of the sled down they can actually flip back up um and then if they flip back up you then have to keep driving or else you might crash again um and so yeah you kind of still have to be aware of where you are and what you're doing um but yeah there's not really much you can do when you crash
1: how do you actually stop are you saying that somebody has to stop you each time no, In that's general. that's
0: what my that's what my brakeman's job is. So, um, they they obviously help me push the sled fast at the start, but then when we cross the line, they have to pull um a lever that kind of uh, digs uh, I guess a fork uh fork shaped uh piece of metal into the ice, and then that's what slows us down. Um, and so that that's their that's their second job in the course, and uh, um, in the monobob, I have to do that myself. So there's a lever between my legs, and I have to break as I'm uh, as I pass the finish. Yeah. All right.
2: Gosh. So with your um, sorry, your brake woman, does she? Do you have to fit in perfectly together. Do you have to be kind of the same size and legs and same, or do you, does that even matter, or it's just how you sprint no. together and how you work together? Because
0: yeah, it's just, it's simply like how we hit the sled together. We want to hit yeah. the sled together at the same time at, at the start. And then um, when, when she's in the sled, it doesn't really matter how tall she is. Uh, it obviously helps with pushing if you're a, a taller, bigger, stronger athlete. Um, but I'm actually quite small in the bobsleigh world and so uh, there's a lot more pilots that are quite big um, and so which makes like the their seat has to move backwards, which is more into the Brakeman area. But no, I, there hasn't really been a problem. I mean, if you see some of the bobsleigh men, um, they are massive, like yeah. They're, they're huge over easy over six foot these guys and then just man mountains they're so wide and then they just get into these little bobsleds um and then sit down really tight and you're just like how are these guys fitting into two men and then also four men they've got four of these big oh, yeah. guys yeah. In, this, in the sleds um it's amazing so yeah nah, it doesn't make a difference really so
2: when you're um so run us through from the start so you by yourself on a mono bob Okay, mm-hmm. so run us through a race and kind of how many corners do you? Will you have to take on? I mean, it will vary every course you go through, but on an average course, is there a certain amount? Like how yeah. how, lot, how far do you get to run? hundred meters, did you say? But sorry, go ahead, tell us. No,
0: no. So our push start, roughly, our push start is around thirty meters. It can be, a, it can vary depending on the track. It also can vary um, on the steepness. So some tracks, uh, some push starts can be really flat, and then some can be very steep. Here in China, it's actually quite steep, uh, which I like because uh, I like to run fast and uh, um and and push and uh yeah get it, get the sled going really well. Um, uh, but yeah, it can vary. The amount of corners can vary uh, depending on the track, so it can be. Um, you know, 14, uh, probably like 15 corners all the way up to like 19 or 20 corners. Um, here in uh, Beijing, there is 16 corners, but actually there's uh, two corners, um, oh no, there's four corners that are on straights. And so I don't really count them as corners. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's not really, um, uh, like you don't have to remember a lot Um, It's just more that we haven't had that much of experience and that's what makes it um, mentally taxing is that I'm trying to remember a track that I haven't had a lot of experience on.
2: Yeah. Do you go to bed visualising this all the time or is that part of your mindset that you can't do that? You shouldn't do that. You should be able to shut down and readdress the next day? Yeah.
0: Well, I have times where I do mine runs. So like um here in Beijing, I've been waking up and I'm um go get breakfast and I come back and I've been doing um some track work and mine runs and that and that's just gonna de- um depend like um when I'm at other tracks, it's gonna depend on the amount of runs I've done on that track before. Um and if I need to change something, so then I'll obviously need to change my mind run. Um but I do I like to have my downtime. I need to have my downtime if I'm thinking too much um it actually is a detriment to my performance. Um so it is important that I do have that shut off time where I don't really think about Bob and I just like um recover really my brain and my body.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, how do you control your adrenaline like when you're in the race? Because I would imagine, I mean, my adrenaline was going yesterday watching Jakara, you know, and then, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, it yeah. was, like, yeah, <laughs> was honestly going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, please, please, you know, it was, yeah, that's, I can't even imagine how you're feeling and how do you, how do you control the adrenaline and,
0: yeah I mean like just even watching Jack yesterday I was like I don't like watching like I way prefer to be competing and I was getting nervous for her and yeah like I just like that was such a gutsy performance and she's such a like oh like it it was so impressive and so inspiring um the whole room was just like buzzing from from that night it was so great anyways um (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, you have to, you have to go all that. But, um, I do. So, yeah, as, a, as a pilot, like, you really have to, um, control like the amount of adrenaline that's going through because, um, if you are too hot, like, Hyped up and fiery, that can um, have a big impact on your driving because the movements that we do to steer the sled are not big movements like it's steering uh, a steering wheel on a car. It's actually quite small, minute movements. Um, sometimes to the point where you can hardly like see what you're doing. Um, so, but if you're too fired up, you can like m- like go down the track and be like, "Ah!" and ripping the sled back and forth, and that's just going to make you slow. Um, so yeah I have to kind of I have to get myself hyped up in the beginning so I can push fast but then as soon as I sit into the set I have to quickly calm down um, and then really focus on what I'm about to do and um, you just kind of have to continue to lower um, your um, energy levels uh, as you're leading into the run and but it has to be done like very quickly like yeah. within seconds.
2: Yeah, gosh, I can. It, yeah, and then you, and if you've not got enough adrenaline, you're like, okay, radio, I've got to. How do you make yourself go faster? Can you change your body position, or are you because you're gonna get higher up on the wall or lower down on the wall? What, what No, makes-
0: I can't really do anything. I can't really do anything to my body once I'm inside the sled. I just have to sit there um, and and be really low, so like the uh, um, I have no wind drag on my helmet or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you just kind of like, if you just say, if you're making mistakes along the way, you have to kind of rectify them as quickly as possible and get the sled back on track. So you can, um, continue to build the speed as fast uh, as much as you can.
1: Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of, um, would you say it's all about the, uh, the lining up before you get in? Like, I mean, I used to, um, Mm -hmm. do do surfboat rowing and I'm kind of drawing a parallel between the two sports that it was, lining it up beforehand and then once in controlling what happens from inside, would you say?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like even like just my preparation, like right now leading up to my races, like everything is going towards me being able to produce my best performance. Um, so I'm doing things daily so I can recover and rest and train well and be healthy, um, and be rested. And and then once I'm in training, um, I'm doing my mind runs so I can visualize what I want to do on the on the track. Um, I'm going and warming up very well and moving, and so I can push the sled very. I can push the sled as fast as possible or fast as I need to um, for that training day. And then once, like, I'm about to race, like, all the work is done. Like, that's, I remind myself a lot, all the work is done um, mm-hmm. and I now need to just go and I stick to my plan, my performance script and um, I just, write, like, I, I actually write it down, like, what I want to do um, in before every race and I go and warm up, I do my mind runs, um, I do my breathing and um, and then I listen to music and music is, for me, a big stimulant and I can, um, it's just like a party going on in my head, but I may look very calm on the outside. And, and then once you once you get to the line, um, you just, I just say a few things that are like a few cues that um, remind me what I need to do. And then once, um, you know, once the, the, the green light goes, um, I just push off and then, yeah, I just have to do my thing um and that's pretty pretty much how how it all is and like you said you once you're inside the sled all the work is inside the sled and um, you just have to try and accelerate it as much as possible so how do you what's your favorite music that you that pumps you up (laughs) beyonce beyonce mainly i listen to a lot of beyonce she she's my kind of vibe um and then like there's then there's certain, certain other musics like, you know, you, you have like house music and stuff and then that's like, that really lifts me and everything. I love 80s music as well. Um, eye of the and, Tiger? Any Eye of the Tiger there? <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic. Any time that comes on, that's like fight mo- like instant fight yeah. mode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so how
2: does the actual bobsled, so how many, is it the fastest? how do you qualify does it go from down from 20 to 12 to eight like explain the qualifying
0: for us so for the so for the olympics um we have two days where we have four runs um and but usually in a world cup it is just uh two runs each race and so the first heat um there is a a a list draw that is made and everyone you know Kind of, not really, but you picked out of a hat of which order you will go in. Um, and so the first, first, uh, first heat is really just depending on your draw. Um, yeah. But the second heat is uh, ranked by how you performed in the first heat. Uh, yeah. But then it is reversed. So the slowest athlete in the first heat will go first, all the way down to the fastest athlete. Yeah. Okay. So what do you
2: hope yeah. you get picked out in the first heat? Do you want to be
0: first, or do you want to like, or you just can't like that? Because yes, at the the at the Olympics, at the Olympics, the start draw is actually your ranking, your world ranking. Um, so in monobob, yeah, in the (laughs) monobob, I'm ranked fifth, so I'm off early, which means it'll be good ice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is. And how how early do you get to go to the course to kind of get your mind there and get prepped and do you get to be there at the core two hours before or do you get to okay wow yeah
0: Yeah, you can you can go there as early as you want to really um I don't like to go there too early uh because I then you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs for too long um Mm -hmm. I like to go there and get stuck into business um and so I'll, I'll go there with enough time so I can sit and chill but then I'll go there and then um, I'll get into my warm up and then once it's my like once I begin my warm up, it's pretty much just a roll in until I'm about ready to go um to the line.
1: Yeah. And Do have- and what are they um what are they feeding you where you are like where are you staying right now? Was your you know, accommodation? Yeah, I'm, I'm, what are they I'm giving? Saying- you
0: I'm staying in the Olympic Village, uh, which has been great so far. There's a big cafeteria here, but I've a lot of the time I've been eating out of our um, out of our Australian lounge because I've just got all food from home, and I haven't been home in two years, and so I've just oh. been loving it. I've, yeah, I've been I've been loving like all the little ho- uh, treaties from home, and um, yeah, it's just been it's just filled It's filled my cup so much to be here and be surrounded by Aussies and um, everyone's so supportive and then you're just enjoying things from home and, yeah, it's, it's great. Did you get to walk out in the
2: stadium for the mm-hmm. opening ceremony? Oh,
0: yay. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. the best experience ever. Like, honestly, one of the best moments of my life so far and it's just like it was the moment that it kind of all clicked for me that – the dream that I've had for so long actually has become a reality mm. uh, and it, and mm. honestly they did such a good job with the opening ceremony because as as spectacular as it would have looked on tv for us athletes it was all like really well laid out and we didn't stand around for too long and get cold or anything like that but it was just mm. as you walked into your stadium it had those big olympic rings there and it was just like wow like yeah. This is so amazing! Like I, you, you're here. You have arrived at the Olympics, and that was just a great moment.
2: Yeah, everything you work for is like we spoke to a lot of the athlete, other athletes. And we're like, is it is it the pinnacle, or is a World Cup gold a pinnacle? Uh,
0: yeah, your thoughts. It's, it's really hard. I've had this conversation uh, with a few people, to be honest, because I've had a lot of success this year, and I've really, yeah. I'm really proud of the podiums that I've been able to achieve. Um, on, like, uh, on World Cup and um, against, like, some of the, like, you know, the dominant forces in, our, in bobsleigh. And they, honestly, those podiums so far has actually been a huge achievement for me. And making the Olympics, yes, is my lifelong dream and everything like that, but I still think I would put my World Cup medals above making the Olympics. At the moment, I I just yeah. making the Olympics has just been another step in my journey, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I'm and I'm so proud of myself to be here. But there has been some races this year that I guess people wouldn't know the background stories of of those races. But for me to be on the podium during those times, I'm just like, wow! Like, how did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that has a lot to do with like the season that has been, and that there's COVID, and um, you know, it's a, stre- a season is always stressful, but then you have the added layer of COVID right. in there, just is like just makes up a, 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 like a whole different element to the to the season, and so yeah, it's mm-hmm. I think I think at the moment my World Cup medals are my biggest achievement so far. Yeah, I
2: love that. Yeah. I love it. I love that you've achieved that, and here you are in Beijing. Yeah. I can say that that's behind me now I can go this way as
0: well (laughs) it's definitely and I think people like think that I know that the Olympics like is the pinnacle and it is it is the pinnacle of our sport you know but for me it would be like winning a medal at the uh, the Olympics is like boom like I'm there you know like that that's the pinnacle for me coming here and and that is it like it's so great and i it's my lifelong dream and I'm like, yes, tick that box. But like I said, it's a step along the journey um, yeah. for me.
1: You're very new to the aren't you? Oh, that's all right. I was going to say I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you were saying and is it that World Cup is like the pinnacle for you as an athlete but the Olympics is the pinnacle for us as spectators?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And and you and you know, for Australians, World Cup isn't on, on TV at home, but, but the Olympics games is. Yeah. Um, and so it like, yeah, it's it's the same. Like I progressed from Europa Cup and North American Cup to World Cup and I was like, great. Like this is just another step along the way for me. And then when I started hitting podiums, I was just like, yes, this is a, like this is what I wanted to be doing in in like along the way. And now it's with the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. and now it's the, the Olympic Games. I'm like, great, I'm here. And um, it was another step that I wanted to achieve and ticket to my goal. But yeah. then it would be like going on and, and attacking for the podium. Like that's when that would be like a massive achievement
1: and would uh, yeah, yeah blow my mind well, that's an I guess it, <laughs> uh, it, it also maybe seems like world cup stuff like internally in-house, in house in your own sport you all know who each other are and yeah. you know who's good everything else but the olympic games is where the public get to start knowing who you all are yeah yeah so that's yeah. kind of cool
2: it's um so
1: when you put on the Olympic
2: uniform the green and gold <laughs> <laughs> that that you have been waiting for that for a while because you know yeah. you had to, you had to realize a lot of dreams have gone with the hurdling and then the 2018 you and then you kind of you got presented your uniform and went yeah because yeah having-
0: that was that was a big moment for me, actually. I, like, it, it was kind of, it took a while for it to sink in that I was here and I was at the Olympics and I've actually achieved my dream and, it, like, it's like, tick, I've done, I've I'm, I'm got that step, you know and when I walked into my room here and all my uniform was here and a lot of you know a lot of athletes are posting and and being excited for having their uniform and I just like put my phone away and I I was just like this is a moment that I want to remember and I just unpacked everything very carefully and like and slowly and I took in the moment and I was just like because yeah it was a it was a moment that I guess I had dreamed of for so long and um I'm really glad I I got to do that like by myself and I did it slowly and I could take it in because I think I'll remember it for the rest of my life
2: yeah I love that some people forget to put their phones away don't they (laughs) I'll tell my 17 year old and 14 year old hey
0: (laughs) the Europeans are doing it you can too no (laughs) I had that also that moment in the opening ceremony I just like put my phone away like as I was walking in, like I quickly took a picture because I was like I want to remember this moment forever yeah. and then I put my phone away and I was just like this is amazing, like I want to take everything in and just soak it all up and then towards the end I was like I want to make sure I remember this and so I took a video of, of me and my team and it was it was an absolute blast and I definitely think it's important to be very present and um and have those moments where you don't have a distraction like your phone, so you can take in what is what, where you are, and what's going on around you.
2: Yeah, hopefully you get some great photography while you're on the course as well. Do you get all those photos back to you? That that would be amazing yep. as well. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. There's a
0: photographer normally on site, and and he does a great job.
2: Yeah, so you don't have to worry about your own phone. <laughs> so,
0: yeah.
2: so do you get to hang out with um your? Are you in the same? area as your team now or do you do they mix up everyone within the village within the australians
0: or do no, they just- and especially especially with covid they they oh, kind yeah. of bunch together and so yeah we we have a small australian team here here in this village because the australian team is spread out between three villages um and so we have three uh we have quite a small team here um but it's and it's like full of the alpine skiers as well as the sliding sports. Um, so yeah, it's been great actually because we're like all getting to know each other and getting along quite well, and and that's been really great. Yeah, love that. Yeah, awesome.
2: Love
1: that. Well, oh, gosh, it's going to really help. Um, just having all our questions that we've asked you when we when we watch you um, compete, it's fantastic. You just have all that knowledge of all the or your equipment and what you're thinking and everything. So. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you so much. You know what I realized we didn't ask you is where you grew up. Yeah. yeah
0: I grew up I grew up actually in the Yarra Valley in uh, Melbourne, Victoria and from a small town called Mount Evelyn.
2: <laughs> Yarra. Bit of wine drinking, wine country.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I love a glass of wine when I'm not training, that's for sure. <laughs> <What is> that? <laughs> when you're not training, you'll be <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the off season. <laughs> or or after a stressful day. But um okay, no, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm a Yarra Valley girl and I love it there and I can't wait to head back there after the Olympics.
2: Oh, so you get to go home after two years. That's mm-hmm.
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gonna be really great. I land into Melbourne um after a day or so after my final event and the closing ceremony, and I'll get to see all my friends. Um, but my family now live in Cairns and so I'll um go up there after about a week. Um, and then just and stay there for, I don't know, about three weeks or so. Um, That's
2: amazing. You're going to sweat so much when you hit Cairns.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, I know. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm, I'm not... That's one thing that I'm not <laughs> looking forward to. And then mum and, like, the whole family, they're used to it now and they hardly have the aircon on. And I'm like, you guys are going to have that thing cranking for me because I've been in minus 10. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, we
2: normally ask to finish up um, where you, where your favourite place is to ski. I'm not sure how much you've had time to ski. I guess we should ask where your favourite course is What in the world for Bob. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I feel like my favourite course um, would have to be Winterberg uh, in Germany. I really enjoy it there. Um, A lot of people don't really like the track, but I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy also the surroundings by it. It's got a cute little town. um, I've just done a lot of sliding there too, so it kind of feels like my bobsleigh home. Um, But there's amazing places. Like I enjoy Innsbruck. that, uh, or Eagles, that's a, that's a great place in Austria, um, it's like a beautiful little town that's in like just nestled in the mountains and that's gorgeous. And I think a lot of people actually ski there too. So it's a um, very popular ski place. And so, um, and then La Plagne, France is another track that I really enjoy. Um, and I know a lot of people ski there too because we're all, <laughs> always like battling with the skiers on the hills. So, <laughs> um, so fun. yeah, it's yeah, it's th- those places it, like ski hills are often where bobsleigh tracks are, obviously because it's like very cold there.
2: and we were little, we went to Vale <laughs> and mm-hmm. we had a bobsled down Vale, like in Colorado. So, yes. we, and you are allowed to go on it. I don't even know it's there anymore, but when anyway, we, my family and I, got in it, and as we got in it, the guy put the helmet on my mum and pulled her beanie over her eyes so the, oh, whole way, the whole way down she's like I can't see anything I can't and we're like shut up mum shut oh. up anyway we get the photo back and there's all of us with our eyes showing And my mum <laughs> <Beanie down. laughs> she went down <laughs> the
0: whole track <laughs> it's hilarious oh my gosh oh. that's so funny
1: and so I'm like oh and we were like shut up but it was my like mum's got a lot of really
2: traumatism
1: yeah, it's no stories, I reckon your mum.
2: But she went down blind and this was like a tiny little one in the middle of Vale. You know, I can't even imagine how you guys are feeling all the time, just
0: going, oh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's that's what, I, mean, I mean, often I, I mean I can see where I'm going. so that yeah. that at least helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you ever did you ever at your first start, your first bob did
2: you just go, what am I doing here? Is this the right I've made the right move? I can, picture,
1: I can picture you going, but I've already bought the shoes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I did say to myself uh, before my first run, I was like, if you don't enjoy this, you don't have to do this. Like there's nobody here forcing you to do it. You don't actually have to do it if you don't like it. And I, I went down my first run and I had no idea what was going on, but I didn't hate it. And I was like, well, oh. I don't I don't hate it, so I'm going to go again. And then um, as – because when you begin um, sliding for the first time, you start lower down the track. There's different entry points lower down the track, so you're not going as fast. Um, and then as the days progressed, we, I, I was, like, able to go higher and higher up the track, and I was getting better and better. And I think that's what was addictive for me, and I think that's what's addictive for me now is that – um, I I guess I'm addicted to progression, and I love the challenge of um when I ca- I don't actually don't get something straight away, and I have to get better and better. And so,
1: um,
0: yeah, I guess that's what kept me in the sport is that I didn't hate it in the beginning.
2: <laughs> I love it, love it. And now you got that little bit of a steep going into Beijing, something you can mm-hmm. get addicted to. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. yeah no, the next progression.
0: Yeah. gets fast here. So, um, which is, which is always very fun. So yeah, I, I, I love the speed of it and I love the thrill of like when you feel the sled getting faster, that's just the best fun.
2: Oh wow. Is that what they call state of flow, is it or flow state? Is that or is that on illusion? Yeah. Is
0: that yeah. Oh, I know it happens in bobsled too. It's when uh, when you find your flow inside the track and um, everything is just working and uh, the the sled is going where you you're wanting it to go and it's driving how you want it to do and you just like have it yeah, it feels like a, a flow state and it's yeah, it's it's the best feeling. Yeah.
2: And um one last question you've got a hashtag Brie walks
0: with purpose I love that what does that yes. mean <laughs> Yeah, it it was a hashtag that um, um my sister actually had for a little while and then I I think I stole it from her <laughs> but it's just it's just how it's how um I go through life I walk with purpose um and I every everything I do has an intention and um has has a purpose to it and so I don't just float through life like not really knowing where I'm going I always know where I want to go um so I guess yeah that's what that means that's funny nobody's ever asked me that question before
2: (laughs) no worries I loved it so much I was like there's got to be a reason behind that i love it i love it well thank you so much i yeah definitely an amazing understanding i can't wait to watch you on the tv thank you very much and gold thank you so much good luck good luck luck. we hope you find your flow state
1: thanks for listening to loving the snow life with emma and Tanil. if you've learned a handy tip or two then happy days to catch all our episodes Subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.